that, that video, I've watched it now three times, it still moves me. Doesn't it move you? To see uh, what people can do if, uh, if they just allow God to use them in a, in a broken down place. And uh, Kathy, it's good to have you and your family here tonight. Uh, we're talking about this this evening. We've talked about a simple plan, right? God's plan of redemption. We've talked about a simple, simple person named Mary and other simple people like Joseph and the shepherds whom God used uh, just to express a, and God worked through when they had a simple faith, a simple obedience, and a simple worship all around Jesus. And tonight we're going to talk about the value of a place. We're going to talk about simple places because God values these places. And uh, as we've talked about these, uh, the places God works, we always, and we think about it in our own lives, we always have a bearing on where we're at. You and I always have a bearing at where, where we're at. Whether we see ourselves in a physical location or whether we see ourselves in a situation in life. And so we're always cognizant of that. We always know um, where, where we're living in our homes and where we'd like to be versus where we are and where we are in our stage of life. Like um, if you want to be in a relationship, but you're not. If you want to be married, but you're not. If you want to have children, you don't have children yet. If you want the kids out and they aren't out yet, you know, all those kinds of things. We, we know exactly where we're at. And it starts somewhere around that seventh grade where you wish you were in high school. And in high school, you wish you were in college. In college, you wish you could stay in college or you wish you had the job, right? And we always know where our location is. And so where are you? tonight when it when it comes to your place in life whether it's a location or a situation where are you and how do you feel about that because uh i i found that in talking to people if they thought by now they should have been in a different location or they should be in a different location now or a different situation than their lives are in right now there, there's huge amount of disappointments. There's usually the loss of a dream there. There's a loss of expect, a missed expectation that they had. And as a result of that, there's a loss of purpose. You wonder, why am I here? And, and that kind of clouds, a loss of purpose really clouds a perspective with God. Like, where is he in my life? You don't know that. You don't see him. You don't look for him anymore because he's not doing what you want him to do. And, uh, the, the result then is, is countless Christians are just on the sidelines and they're wondering, where am I? Why aren't I here where I wanted to be? And they're sidelined. And, uh, so, so as we continue on that thought, let me ask you one more question. What is it about where you're at? Whether it's your physical location, living in Topeka, or it's your life situation, what is it that prevents you from being available to God? Now. Not later. Not when you get to the degree. Not when you get married. Not when you have kids. Not when the kids leave. Not when you retire. Not when you think you have enough money in the bank. But right now. What is it, whether it's the physical location you're in or the life situation you're in, that prevents you from being available to God? Because what we're going to learn tonight is that God, God values every place, every location you're in. And a matter of fact, in the plan of God, he may just be, he may have just placed you in this position to represent him and to advance the gospel. 
we're going to find out in a, in a simple place like Bethlehem that it was at the center of what God was doing in the world at that time. This little simple place was right at the center. You know, in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, the prophet Micah, over 700 years before Jesus was born, proclaimed this. This is what he said. He said, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me, one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient of days. What was the prophet saying is that the, the literal Messiah would come. The literal Messiah would come in the person of Jesus. He prophesied this. God was working with a place. And it shows us that simple places prove that God can use anyone anywhere. Do you realize that? God can use any one of us anywhere he has us in life. Now, you may not think there's a purpose in where you are, but God does. And God's not waiting. He's not waiting. He's ready to use you wherever you are, wherever you live, your location, or wherever you are in your life situation. Biblical history proves this point. God knows no boundary. He has no limits. If he can work in simple places, he can work in any place and every place in this world. And what we're going to learn from this story is, number one, all of us, all of us can be used of God wherever he has you. You're a sixth grader. God has you right where he wants you. Do you know you're a sophomore in high school? God wants you exactly right there. You're about to graduate from high school or in college. Uh, you've just changed majors, and that results in an extra year on college campus. <gasps> Increased debt, all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, God has you right where he wants you. And he can use any of us anywhere. That's a key point that the birth of Christ shows us, because it's how God works with places. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. And there's, there's two places in the New Testament that we're ta- told the birth events of Jesus. One's in Matthew and the other's in the book of Luke. In Matthew tonight, in chapter 2, verse 1, we're going to find that simple places are at the center of God's plan. Look at how the simple places are told to us uh, concerning, like, Bethlehem. Look at Matthew chapter 2. Verse 1, it says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came from Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we we have come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, In Bethlehem. Of Judea, for so it was written by the prophet, and this is where it's quoted almost verbatim by the book of Micah, Micah 5 2. It says, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Look at this. God is fulfilling a prophecy, and he connects it and interprets Micah 5 with the coming of Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the one right at the center of God's plan of redemption. 
You see, places are important to the plan of God. God works, and I've found, and you've experienced, he works with you spiritually inside, redeeming your soul, and he works with you physically, changing your mind, changing your thoughts, changing your words, changing your actions. He works in physical, uh, in spiritual places like your heart and in the heavenly realms, and he works physically in our city, in your home, in your place of work. The two come together. That's why even God was going to save this world by him coming here for redemption. But he didn't just do it spiritually. He did it physically in the person. The flesh and blood incarnated God, Jesus Christ, in the flesh. And so that is the picture of how God works. He works with people and he works with places. The Old Testament focused on places. They celebrated God's work. They celebrated his, his actions. They celebrated his deliverance. And people would build an altar after that. That was so that they would remember the place God worked. We don't see too much of that in the New Testament because the spirit of the living God was every place. There was no limitation. And life itself, your heart would be trans- transformed. It's your life being and God working out his power through our lives that we're to celebrate every, every day. And our bodies kind of become a temple of the Holy Spirit to reside in and to show forth the glory of God. And God has invented the church as his representative to be at the center of his plan wherever he places his church. We're placed in Topeka. Do you know we're right at the center of God's plan for Topeka? The church is right at the center of his plan. Now, I talk to a lot of people uh, who don't like Topeka, (laughs) and uh, some live here and wish they were somewhere else. Some of you moved, you know, like especially people from Nebraska. When you move down here, you keep cheering for Nebraska, and you keep thinking that, you know, everything should be red here amongst, amongst the purple and blue. But I would simply say, think about this. Don't Don't think of Topeka being someplace you're not supposed to be. God's brought you here. We're all supposed to be here. He's brought all of us physically to this place. I remember 11 years ago when I, when uh, Cheryl and I were praying about this opportunity and we actually said, yes, we'll move to Topeka. And we were at one of the most pretty, prettiest places in the country. We're in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we lived up on a mountain. And every day I drove down for that mountain and I I saw this, I went through this canyon where the, where the, um, Tennessee River just like snaked through and, Especially in the fall. I mean, you could just see how colors just changed going up that mountain. And I thought I was going home on vacation every day as I drove this. And my family got into hiking and um, just a whole bunch of everything outdoor that we could. And so I remember when I was talking and I heard Topeka, Kansas. And I thought, I've never been to Topeka. And it was a third of the size of the city I was in in Chattanooga. And I was thinking, so it's not a larger place. And so many times we equate larger with better. And so you go, I'm wondering what kind of place this is going to be. I remember Rick Tagg saying, and Joe, we have winding, we have winding roads and hills here. We have nice, nice flowing hills in this area. It's not like West, Western Kansas. And he was trying to pump it up for me. And I remember telling, and when we decided to come here, I remember everyone going, Topeka. Why would, isn't there some kind of freak there? 
Yeah, and that's what people do with Topeka. They, they equate it with all our bad news here. And when I got here, there's people, they aren't real excited about living here. But you know what I was, you know what I believed when we moved here? I believe that if we would move here, we'd be right at the center of God's plan. I believe that if I moved our three boys out of that pristine Mayberry-like environment to Topeka, Kansas, that we would be at the center of God's plan for us. And when we moved here, you know what we've realized? It's not a bad place. Matter of fact, I've actually, we've raised three boys here for the most amount of their lives. They've been growing up in Topeka and they've all had some aspect of serving the Lord here and knowing they were right in the center of God's plan. And we found in the people here that you get WYSIWYG people here. What you see is what you get. When someone has a bad day, you see it. They don't have that Southern plastic smile on their face, you know, hiding it. We saw real authentic people, which means we could communicate the gospel in an authentic way. You see, we've learned to love this place because we've been able to be used by God in this place. See how God changes your heart when you're open and available to him? Because when you're open and available to him, he shows you his plan and he says, I won't be limited in boundaries. You move for God, you stay for God here and advance his kingdom. And you'll see it. You know, I learned, and, and you know the thing that sold me is I, I talked to elders of this church when I, when I, before I moved here. And you know what I saw in them? They felt Fellowship Bible Church was at the center of God's plan for Topeka. Not alone. There are other churches, they believe, that were preaching the gospel, advancing the kingdom. But they just said, we could be a part of something great here. And that's why we moved. And you know, I've seen that. I've seen God work here. Could I have moved other places? Yes, but I don't, I honestly feel God moved me here strong enough that I believe he placed us right in the center of his plan. Not only for this church, but for this community. That's, that's how God works. It's these simple places are at the center of his plan. Secondly, simple places are reminders of God's presence. The reminders of God's presence. Look at in Luke now, if you flip over to Luke chapter 2. It's two books down from Matthew in the New Testament. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Look at how Luke presents. And, and if you would, think of the places as I read. You're going to go from a macro zoom right into a microscope of how God works with people in a, in, 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 in a place. Look at this. In those days, it says, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Now, this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph went up from Galilee to the town of Nazareth, to Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child, And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Let's just pause here. Look at the, look at the zoom of the scriptures here. You zoom in from a Roman ruler, Caesar Augustus, to the whole picture of Quirinius, the governor of Syria, to then Galilee, even closer, and then Nazareth, and then even smaller to Bethlehem, and then even smaller 
to a food trough for animals. And that is where Jesus would be born. Because it's in those places that Jesus is. And the Savior of the world, the King of Kings, is being compared here as a from a little tiny baby being born and placed in a major to the leader of the Roman Empire. Do you see what scripture does? Why? Because he shows us that if he's in a palace, if God's in a palace in Rome, and he's in a manger in Bethlehem, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. And we have all our structures of importance and position and the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, whom, Lord of Lords, whom someday every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Remember, I say this. Some will go, oh no, Jesus is Lord. And others will go, yes, Jesus is Lord. But every knee will bow and every will, tongue confess. That's who Jesus is. And every, to remind us, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. The place had significance, sure. I mean, Rachel was buried there. The story of Ruth is told off the platform of Bethlehem. David's birthplace, that's the most important point of Bethlehem because that's the connection. Joseph's great, 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 great grandfather was David. We joined the story and it was to David that the prophet Samuel said, your house and your kingdom will be made sure forever. And forever meant forever with God. His promises are eternal. It meant land and it meant place. And therefore, in Bethlehem of Judea, in Syria of the Roman Empire, in a little food trough for animals, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords was born. This was a fulfilled promise of God. He said it would be there. This would happen there, that God would be with us. And when he was born, he lived in our homes. He walked on our dirt, dirt pathways and he taught in the places where people heard him and listened to him and followed him. See, places are important for the presence of God. I remember a place in Dallas, Texas, and I always embarrass my wife when I talk about it. But it was a place that I said, I love you for the first time. And Cheryl Smith and I were dating, and uh, we were spending almost every day, and I was obsessed with her. And uh, we, outside of this one store, she was in my car, and I couldn't contain it any longer. And I said, Cheryl, and I knew what it meant. It just meant commitment, and it meant, but I was ready for it. And I said, I love you, okay? I didn't say it quite like that. I said, I love you. I don't think I've ever said this to a, another woman before. But I love you. And I looked up, and there was the sign of the story was over. Baby world. She wasn't pregnant. You know, none of that going on before marriage. But right outside of baby world, just as unimportant place. I didn't, we ate at the, at the restaurant next door to it. But they had too many people parking there. But every time we drive into Dallas now, on 635, and we drive past baby world. I go, Cheryl, remember? And she goes, I remember it. 
I was, she was hoping for a pristine mountainside with this huge, you know, thousand mile stare out into the distance where I could look and go, I love you. But instead it was over baby world. We never forget the places where love is declared. Always remember that. You think of your home, parents, as you tell your kids you love them. They never forget that. When they come home, it's a place of love. We never forget those places where love is is proclaimed. And Bethlehem would be that place where Jesus was born. Do you know that Topeka is the place where love needs to be proclaimed? You ever realize that's why we're here? We're here as the body of Christ to show the presence of Jesus in the city. How will they know? Most people are not reading the scriptures. They don't know God loves them. They don't know that Jesus came to this world for them. They see religion. They see a cross on a lot of our cars. They see some fishes or some derivations of those fishes. Some fishes swallowing other fish. All this kind of stuff. But do they see Jesus? The enter the church. We're here to show the very presence of God. That he's been with us. So when we enter a neighborhood, we let them know God is with them. That by our presence, that God sees them. That by our actions and our love, that God cares for them. And he offers them hope. And he offers them help. And he offers them salvation. Why? Because simple places are those reminders. They remind us that God is with us. When we enter simple places... And then finally, simple places are platforms for God's power. We've talked about his plan. We've talked about his presence. But now we're going to talk about these simple places and the power of God. As uh, the angels appeared to the shepherds, we even get another zoom in of the simple place. Because this is outside of a simple town called Bethlehem. And in verse 15 of Luke chapter 2, The angels went away from the shepherds after they proclaimed glory to God in the highest and on earth peace with him whom God's favor rests. And in verse 15, it says, when they went back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Now, in verse 16, it says, and they went with haste and they found they found Mary. And they found Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Another translation of as it has been told to them was a remark of it was just as the angels said. And they saw not only the fulfillment of what the angels told them, but they saw the very power of God in the flesh with their own two eyes. Simple people seeing God's simple plan work through his power in a simple place. See, God's power was proclaimed. Now, we have seen the power of God in our midst. In Topeka, I have seen God take a life and change it. I've seen people addicted on drugs. I have seen people diagnosed with cancer. I've seen uh, people whose marriages failed. 
I've seen people who've tried to end their lives, and I've seen the power of God invaded through the gospel. And I've seen victory. I've seen transformation. And I've seen it in so many people that I really uh, not only believe the scriptures, but believe in the reality of God in the lives of people. And as our church has grown and more and more people have been invited into the gospel and invited into the plan of God for this city and for their lives for the ages, I've seen God transform places. I've seen the power of God work. And I honestly believe that our best years are still ahead of us. I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface of transformation in this place called Topeka. And so that's what God does. It's a platform. I'm standing on a platform right now. And a platform kind of lifts me up so you can see it. So I can be clearer as I not only speak to you, but you can see me. If I were down on that level, if there was a tall person in front of you, you wouldn't be able to see me as clearly. So a platform lifts you up. And places do that for God. Places are platforms that... So we could clearly see that God is not just an ideological belief. He's not just a system of theology. He's in the flesh through Jesus. And he is the salvation of the world. And his power is the power of God unto salvation for all those who believe. That's the picture. And God works with places to do that. And so as, as our, our church is involved in places, and as we exist in a place, and as you live in a place, remember, God is very active. If you will open your life to be available for him, he, he will reveal his plan. He will assure you of his presence. And he will pour his power through you. Salvation is received simply. By simply trusting that Jesus is enough. That he's the way, the truth, and the life. This one who was born in a little manger in a simple place was the savior of the world. His message went out faster than perhaps any message of its day. That salvation is in no other name under heaven given, given among men whereby we must be saved. Jesus, the simple person who changed the world. And so as a church, we want, to, um, we want to seek simple places all over this city, all over this world, where God's plan, his presence, and his power can be displayed. Now this week, in a very simple place in our own country, in Connecticut, there was an attack by evil. Adam Lanza, a 20-year-old man, walked into an elementary school where he used to attend And after shooting his mother in his home, he went into this school and shot and killed 25 people, including 20 children and five adults. Now, as we watch this news, and I don't know if you've watched it, but I watch it and I see it's horrific. And the first thought and the reality of the tragedy almost questions and disproves everything I've talked to you about tonight. That it's in these simple places where the plan of God is revealed, his presence is shown, and his, his, um, his power is revealed. Because many people, especially skeptics, ask about if this happened, where could God, where was God? If you believe in God, was he just watching? Did he, why did he not act? Does he not care? 
And it's very easy when we ask those questions to just assume then that there's absolutely no purpose in suffering, in pain, in loss, in crime, in war, in death. And certainly an act this heinous has and then no ultimate purpose, which means there's no ultimate authority over everything. And although I don't know the purpose of why this happened, why this murder happened, I do know God. And some of you do too. And you know him through his word. And you know him through the transformation that he's done in your life and my life. And we know that nothing, as the scriptures say, not even evil itself will stand in the way of his plan, his presence, or his power. Nothing. We look forward to, to a day when, when the world that is in darkness will be fully laid open and Jesus will judge and he will make all wrongs right and he will restore earth as it is in heaven. We look forward to that. But right now, these things happen. Because the reality of evil is very close in our world. Uh, We think if this can happen in a little town called Newtown, Connecticut, in a school, an elementary school, with the simplest of of our people, then no one and nowhere is safe from danger. Yet, The very plan of God bringing his son Jesus into our evil world is that since Jesus, the hope and the light of the world, was born in a simple place, I mean a trough for animal feed, in a simple place called Bethlehem, then anyone, anywhere, can be saved. That's the message of Jesus. And this Jesus brought the love and righteousness and hope and forgiveness into the simple places that in just a short amount of time moved to the greatest places of position and power in the world. And so this is the hope of Newtown, Connecticut, of Topeka, Kansas, of the United States, and the nations of this world. Jesus is here, and the gospel saves. The gospel confronts the evil of this world with the righteousness, the love, and the hope of God. This same Jesus who works in our community to bring righteousness and love and hope in the simple places where God's plan and presence and power are revealed will work in Newtown, Connecticut. But we groan right now, don't we? I read Romans 8.23 this morning and it says, we groan, not only the creation groans, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly as we eagerly await for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. I pray for that. I want Jesus to come. I'd love him to come in my lifetime. I'd love to welcome him in the flesh and, and see him change everything around us. But right now we groan, don't we, when evil seems to win the day? But while we groan, We, as Paul also encourages us, we do not lose faith. We trust. We trust. Even though we don't understand 
we also are people of faith because faith doesn't have it all figured out. Faith trusts when it doesn't know the complete purpose of things. So let's be careful while we trust not to point, be quick to point the finger at all the possible reasons why this tragedy happened. Now, I'm on Facebook, and I have a lot of friends on Facebook, and some of you have posted some things that I'd just like to ask you, stop, okay? We, we point our fingers, whether it's one political party after another, or it's one, uh, you know, group of people, or it's a class of people, and all the numbers are being messed with on this one. So step back from pointing a finger, and take time to pray for this community and pray for your community. Take time to comfort one another. Take time to respect what God is doing, even though it's not in our timing right now. Because there's been others, haven't there? There's been Columbine, Colorado. There's been Oklahoma City. There's been New York City at 9-11. There's been Washington, D.C. at 9-11. There's been a field out in Pennsylvania at 9-11. There's been Virginia Tech. There's been more recently a theater in the Denver area where all these heinous crimes have been committed. And until Jesus returns and brings truth and righteousness on earth, making all wrongs right, there will be more. There will be more. But we trust. And we don't just trust in nothingness. We trust in a God who's working everywhere with everyone. And now we depend on the resources Jesus came to bring our lives. Righteousness, love, and hope. It's now that we build relationships rather than ignore our neighbors because they don't look like us or because they don't believe like us or they don't speak like us or they don't make what we make or live like we live. Now's when we build relationships. Now's when we love No strings attached. We're available with everyone. And now we act in faith. We do. Because without faith, what do you have to even address this? You have nothing. You have nothing. This was meaningless. It was purposeless. It does not fit into any plan. And therefore, I can just say, sorry. That's all you got. And Michael Bolton songs, that's all you have. You don't have the hope of eternal life. Jesus came to bring truth and righteousness and love and forgiveness and peace on earth. And Christian, in every place, we're to declare those. In every place, with every person, we're to show his presence in us and through us. And we're to experience his power in these places. And so that's why we are church determined in every place, with everyone, to declare the glory of God on earth as it is in heaven. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, right now, as uh, 26 families and relatives and friends are mourning the loss of loved ones in, in and around Newtown, Connecticut, we trust them with you. We thank you that the story is not over, even though a life may be. We we pray that the gospel would take root and advance in that area.
that lives would be found in Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, we lift up the city of Topeka and we praise you for the opportunity to live in this place for such a time as this. When you're working and you're moving and we believe it and we see it, may you use each of us. May we be available for your plan, your presence, and your power. For it's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen.